Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Most cameras score this as risky driving. Driver Eye understands the context and reinforces great driving like this. Improve safety and reduce driver turnover. Welcome to the Green Zone. Welcome to Drilling Deep. I'm your host, John Kingston. You know, Drilling Deep is the place in the Freightcast family of podcasts where we talk about oil and we talk about diesel and you need to drill for the first to get the second. So that's why we call the show Drilling Deep. We also have a guest every week and today's guest is very special. It's also it's somebody from our sponsor, Netrodyne. We're going to have Adam Kahn, the Chief Business Development Officer at Netrodyne, here to talk about the latest developments on in camera technology, in in camera, in cab technology, and how that comp how a company like his uses those capabilities. But first, we're going to talk about oil, and we're going to talk about diesel, and it's about something we really haven't had to say for quite some time. As I write this, or as I record this, the price of ultra low sulfur diesel on the CME commodity exchange has risen about fifty three cents from where it settled on the first day of July. That number is based on the settlement from. The day earlier when I'm recording this, as I'm recording this, it's up about another five cents. Here's the good news, bad news for consumers of diesel. The good news is you haven't seen that much of an increase at the pump. The bad news is that ultimately is going to change. The weekly Department of Energy Energy Information Administration retail price that is used as the basis for most fuel surcharges was up 9.9 .9 cents per gallon last Monday. Within the craziness of the market that started about the time Russia invaded Ukraine, that big of a one-week increase was no big deal. There have been much there have been several bigger changes than that since February 2022. But to give you a sense of how abnormal a 9.9 cent one-week increase is, in the 10 years prior to that, a change that big would have been one of the biggest increases for a single week. So yeah, it's a big deal. The size of the increases in the oil market have been pretty eye-opening. Brent crude, the international benchmark, is up about $8 a barrel since the start of July. West Texas Intermediate, the U.S. benchmark, is up about $9 per barrel. And gasoline, which trades on the CME as an unfinished product called Arbob, has been right there with diesel. As I'm recording this, it's also up about $0.54 cents per gallon in July. And here's the thing. There's no obvious reason for this. There's been no sudden disruption in supply anywhere in the world, certainly nothing that's new. Russian oil is now getting priced near or higher than the cap that was supposed to limit how much money they could get for their oil, and it doesn't look like that's having much of an impact on their shipments. Weekly U.S. Produ production figures for crude do show it backing off slightly, so that is something to watch as well. 
Natural gas is going nowhere despite the hot weather, so that isn't dragging oil along with it. A weakening dollar has been a factor, but in the last few days, the dollar strengthened and oil just went on rise. Remember that oil and the dollar have an inverse relationship. There has been a narrative for several months now that market bulls have stuck to. They look at the forecast for global oil demand by the end of the year. They look at production given reductions put in place by the nations of the OPEC plus group. Then they look at reductions in output implemented on top of that by Saudi Arabia. And they see a market squeeze. I won't call it a squeeze. We'll say market tightness by the fourth quarter. The fact is that in June, OPEC plus output was down about 650,000 barrels per day, actually about 660,000 barrels per day from, uh, from April compared to April. Actually, that was the May figure was down around 660,000 barrels a day. And then it flatlined in June, no change. The July numbers are going to be very interesting to see just what it is that the Saudi cuts have done to all overall production. The point here is that this has not been a news-driven market. It looks like a fundamentals-driven market, or at least a perception of the fundamentals. Now, the other side of the argument would be that the Chinese, re- econ- the Chinese economic recovery coming out of the COVID zero policy <laughs> remains sluggish. Europe is in or is near a recession, and the tighter supply is going to go into a market with a sluggish demand profile, balancing out the two declines. Here's another piece of discouraging news for diesel consumers, and I mentioned it before. Here at FreightWaves, we measure the spread between retail and wholesale diesel prices in Sonar. That spread recently got down to levels it hasn't seen in many, many months. It's a sign that retail is not keeping up with changes in wholesale prices, and the wholesale prices in turn are rising on the back of of increasing futures prices. And that is a signal that retail has a ways to go to catch up to what's happened in the wholesale market. And that that is another point that We've kept these prices in check in part because retail just is not reacting to wholesale. Remember that the DOE number dropped for 20 out of 23 weeks? Remember that? It wasn't all that long ago. That was good time for diesel consumers. You can assume that that run is over. We want to thank our sponsor this month, Netrodyne. Ready to step up your fleet safety? Titan Freight reduced distracted driving by 96% while losing zero drivers after implementing Netrodyne Driver Eye the leading AI fleet camera system. Go to Netrodyne.com to learn more about how DriverEye can revolutionize your fleet safety too. Time to move on now on Drilling Deep. We've talked here in the past about trucks and cameras. It seems like such a simple thing, and yet it raises so many issues. What is the relationship between the camera and the driver? How much intrusion is too much? And where is the balance between that and the safety considerations that cameras undoubtedly bring? And what's the the next set of features in camera systems in an AI-driven world? Here to talk about it today is Adam Kahn of Netrodyne. He, and Netrodyne, by the way, is our sponsor here on Drilling Deep for the month. Greatly appreciate that. Adam is the Chief Business Development Officer at Netrodyne. He's based in San Diego. And this basic technology is not sitting still. He's here to talk about that today. So Adam, welcome. And again, thank you for your sponsorship. Hey John, thanks so much for having me on the uh, on the podcast here. I, I I do appreciate the time, and um, I hope everyone uh, gets a couple tidbits of information from us and uh, enjoys it, enjoys the conversation. Nobody has yet to walk away from a drilling deep episode with at least a few tidbits, so I'm sure this, <laughs> I'm sure this will con- continue. So first of all, why don't you talk about Netrodyne? Uh, how long has it been around? 
Yeah. So Netrodyne is about a seven-year-old company. Um, I joined the company in the infancy uh, stage. I think I'm a single-digit employee. And a lot of what um, our team really tried to do was start from scratch and not carry a lot of the legacy design of uh, safety technology. Uh, as an example, one of the things we, we, we made as a guiding principle is that we were going to advocate for the driver then trying to find what's wrong with the driver. And that's, and that's really carried our internal mantra about you know how we develop products, how we talk about products. It's always looking for the positive element of that of that technology versus trying to pick out you know the the negative, which which has been around for a long time. Right. I mean, the negative would be the idea that that cameras are there as kind of a, and this is why it can cause some tension with the drivers, is sort of a I hate to say spy, uh, but but looking to be a little more punitive than positive, right? Yeah, and 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 cameras have have been kind of a necessary. Uh, technology inclusion into uh, into the cabs, and I, you know, there's there's a huge benefit proposition around uh, coaching drivers and uh, making people aware of how they're driving, and uh, everyone strives to improve. Uh, and and if you can coach a driver where you know they miss that one accident or they do that one maneuver that creates them safe and gets home at night, you know that's a win for the industry. And and uh, you, you really have to rethink the proposition of I'm going to work with my driver then try to work against my driver. So, so is it Netrodyne's view or maybe one of its founding principles is that the way cameras were, were operated in the past and maybe still are in some places was mostly to point out things that were wrong rather than things that were right. Yeah. So, so the, I, I call it, there's this epic battle, right? You can go back in history of all these great epic battles. But it's the commercial trucking industry versus the uh, litigator, you know, the aggressive attorney, the the billboard attorney. Um, and you know, I've been in the industry for twenty five plus years. And when I started, the you know the the killer technology was the inertial sensor that detected a hard break, and and fleets were able to use that data to defend themselves in court. And essentially, the litigators had said, "Hey, time out." That's awesome, but we need video because we think that you might be making up the data. And that was the birth of the camera industry to, in sense of having a crash recorder. You get into an uh, unfortunate incident and the video records 15, 20 seconds of time. And now you have a better picture of what happened. The plane of attorneys, they, they, they're, they're not, you know, they started losing again. And uh, so now what they're really trying to do is go after the safety culture. How often do you talk to your driver? What type of steps do you have to coach your driver? Um, can you demonstrate their good driving habits? Because they'll use that uh, against you in court. You know, uh, juries are pretty biased against the truck driver. Uh, and in a lot of cases, you know, you need to be able to demonstrate, here's my driver who's a great ambassador to the road who had an event, you know, and it wasn't because of the safety culture. It was, you know, this single event. And, and, and the byproduct of that going after the safety culture is these nuclear verdicts. You know, they find a, a piece of paperwork that's not done right or a license that's done not right, or they claim you haven't talked to your driver enough. And that allows them to start to expand these, these lawsuits, which, you know, to a lot of fleets are very detrimental. So, you know, video has now come to another a stage where 
it's really set up to work with the driver, work with the fleet to, you know, actually lay those foundations of, of a great safety culture. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because just this week, we published a story that I wrote about a U.S. Chamber of Commerce report on nuclear verdicts. And one of the points they made was that that plaintiff's attorneys are now doing that really, I hate to call it nitpicking, okay, but where they're looking at things that aren't necessarily steps that were taken or weren't taken that led to the accident, but instead the whole idea of culture. So so I guess your argument here is that that a company that's got, you know, that not just has cameras, but uses them in certain ways can kind of fend off that argument because it's another kind of feather in their cap that in fact their safety culture is a strong one. Yeah, so, so I uh, I think about it in four ways for a fleet, um, and you know, not there's not one single magic product that you can build that will make all your problems go away in court. You know, there's uh, messaging from the top of the executives. There's you know the positive atmosphere with the drivers. There's you know the actual executing of a plan. So all those things still have to happen. But the four things that I, I think about when when a fleet asks talks to me about, hey, how do I better position myself not to to uh, be in the crosshairs, one is like practice, right? So uh, actually go through mock trials and examine your safety culture to see where there might be holes. And, and unfortunately, that requires to, like, devoting some time, <laughs> which everyone's busy, but you actually have to go down and say, okay, if I was the plaintiff attorney, where would I attack me? And, 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 and the more practice you have there, the better. And there's a lot of companies that can come out and do some night interesting audits and kind of give you some tidbits. Uh, the second one is is storytelling. Uh, push out your message of, I, I think I saw a great article by one of the fleets that is nominated constantly for best places to drive for. And uh, they talked about all these driver services, satellite TV and restrooms and weight rooms and you know showers. And at the end it said, hey, and we've made an investment in safety technology because our drivers are the most important resource we have. Yeah, like that should have been at the top, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah. so, but that, but that's them telling the story versus waiting to get into court where someone tells the story about you. Um, the third one is uh, having actually showing discretionary effort, right? So, proof points that your drivers are trying, right? So, uh, an average driver drives ten thousand minutes every month. You know, the the storyline is better. Uh, you know, which storyline would you like? Uh, I had a driver who had two incidents of uh, aggressive speeding, or I had proof that my driver um, drove with 100% compliance for 9,980 minutes that month, right? So having that positive element to say, my drivers are trying hard and and we have this, uh, uh, you know, we have these proof points that they're actually not, you know, uh, I call it bootleggers, <laughs> you know, smoking the bandit. Um, I think I just aged myself. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the fourth one is having, uh, a, an infrastructure of, I call it increased connection with your drivers. So, 
embracing things like in-cab audio notifications, slow down, create space, put your seatbelt on, wake up. <laughs> you know, all these things are very nuanced, but you know, those are digital conversations and sharing information over a mobile app, pushing out remote training. So the old model of, hey, everyone get into the building and we're going to have a quarterly safety meeting, you know, that's under attack. And the new ask is have you talked to your driver once a day? Right. Well, you have to find, you have to use technology to do that. And, those, you know, and so the position that we've taken is that if I have to use technology to protect my fleet, I'm going to advocate for the driver and make sure they're excited to be part of that program versus, uh, man, I'm going to use all that technology to defend myself and fleet, but I'm also going to alienate my driver along the way, which, which kind of seems like it contradicts it. Well, let's talk about your your offering, your software offering. I, well, I, I won't call it a software offering, your technological solution. You know, I've always been fascinated by these where, whether it's, you know, technology solution or let's say a supply chain software solution, like a Blue Yonder type of thing, in which the product has to all do about 90% of the same thing. I mean, ca cameras have, a, have a, a base functionality that they have to do. Supply chain software has a base functionality that it has to do. And really where the battle is, is that last 10%, 5%, I'll bet it's even less than 10%, okay, um, in which one company can can uh, succeed where others don't. So if you were sitting down and you had to kind of admit to a potential customer, hey, look, we do 90% of what everybody else does, but here's why we're better. And then you yeah. can, what would you say? Well, and, and there, are, there are a lot of commonalities between every system that's out there. So- Things like hard braking and speeding and hard acceleration and turns, those are those are very common. Those are table stakes. Um, the big difference that DriverEye does uh, versus other systems is all that analysis of the event is done actually at the device. So when I can determine that you're traveling at two seconds following distance, but uh, and and uh, closing rather aggressively. I do all that computation at the device where I look at the scene, I analyze the scene, and I can start talking to the driver immediately, right? Act now, talk later. I'm going to try to fix the problem now with the driver. And then later, we're going to review the, you know, we're going to review the tape and go over the play-by-play -play later. But the goal is to use technology to eliminate these little, you know, these small leading indicators of risk as, as quickly as possible. And so what DriverEye does is scans the environment outside the vehicle and at the device level does all that computation, all that analysis, and says, you're too close. My next step is I'm going to tell the driver to back off, and then I'm going to send the information to the headquarters. You know, we want to try to solve the problem as quickly as possible. Now, let's just clarify product names. Good. DriverEye is the name of your, your, your primary offering? That's correct. Yeah, when we uh, our first uh, uh, product has uh, an external lens, two peripheral lenses, and then a lens that looks inside the uh, camera or inside the cabin. And so, what we thought about it is really we're capturing everything that the driver eye can see, right? All the peripheral outside. So we wanted to mimic what the driver could see outside inside the vehicle to capture that scene. You know, no surprises. No, hey, there's a a car over here or a bicycle over here or a moose over there. You know, we wanted to see what the driver could see. And you also have something called the green zone score. Do you want to speak about that? 
Yeah. Green zone score. Um, it's one of my favorite things because, uh, I've been in the safety tech, you know, the safety space, safety telematic space for 25 plus years. And one of the things that we found out was that most scoring measurements were only based on what you did wrong. And uh, back back in the day when we first started Netrodyne, we had a couple of these small LEDs that we imposed on video. And we all huddled up together and we saw the first 20 minutes of video that was captured by DriverEye. And 19 out of 20 of those minutes were actually these green LEDs. And uh, everyone was a little disappointed because we were looking for some something fantastic, you know, some some trucker, you know, fantastic thing, you know, jumping up a gorge or, you know, bootlegging or something, <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I actually got excited because I'm like, time out a second. We just did something that no one else has done. We were actually recording the driver doing good work. And so we, we kind of thought about the naming convention for the uh, measurement and it's how much time the driver spends in the green zone, right? Those green LEDs, how much time. So we, we capture good driving and we give uh, drivers credit for good driving which is a little different than other systems where, um, again, these 10,000 minutes a, a month, I might have five minutes where I just lost focus. Well, in a legacy system, I'm now labeled for those five minutes where um, what I believe and what we believe and what Netrodyne built a product around is that you should be measured on the 10,000 minutes. So, you know, the 9,995 minutes of, of, of good driving, the five minutes that we have to talk about but it should be a balanced conversation. Are you finding, well, let's talk about market penetration because that, that kind of leads me to that, that, that question. Are you finding that there's still a mindset out there that they want the camera system to point out things that are wrong, number one? And number two, how has camera penetration slowed during these tough rate markets? You know, every time I've spoken with somebody from the camera business, we'll call it for lack of a better term, you know, they always say that the, 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 the biggest pain point is the cost. You know, companies, small fleets just do not want to spend the money on that, even though you can easily make an argument that it's cost effective over time. So uh, are people accepting more of a kind of a positive message? And are you, but does not, any of this matter right now? Are people just, just tightening their belts so much that new sales are kind of tough? I would say if I was to compare this, this time, um, this moment of time versus the last time we experienced a, a kind of a freight, um, situation like we are now uh i think some of the pressures that are adding uh for for fleets to add or consider video are again the insurance element and then the um, insurance companies are starting to uh mandate or subsidize uh video camera technologies and the other piece that i think has increased from the last time we were in this kind of market phase is the the increased attention that we have from plaintiff attorneys, uh, you know the, the the sudden rise in nuclear verdicts, which uh, you know very much like we all get together as an industry, we go to ATA and TCA and TMC and all these great uh, events where we share. The plaintiff attorneys do the same thing. You know they have conferences that they strategize how to attack target markets. So I think that that pressure is greater than it was the last time we went to a, a, a market condition like we are now. And to some degree, you know, the camera, the technology itself has gotten down to where it could be a dollar to $2 a day 
you know, to put a camera on your vehicle, which, uh, you know, there's plenty of return on investment, you know, conversations wrapped around accident reduction and maybe, and maybe even in some cases that increase of driver engagement, which changes the conversation in court. So, uh, there are, there are, there are always going to be elements that put pressure on buying certain technologies. I think that, um, there's a stronger push now, you know, until things like, um, tort reform come, you know, spread across all the United States. I think Florida has done a nice job of doing some tort reform in terms of plaintiff attorneys. And hopefully that spreads. The ATA has a huge advocacy of tort reform. So until that really uh, gets laid out, you know, I think there's this continued pressure to know what's happening in your fleet. Let's talk about AI and how you're using it. Of course, everybody thinks that AI was invented three weeks ago. Uh, as we know, it was not. The chat GPT certainly brought it to the, uh, brought it to the fore, uh, forefront. What are you doing in terms of using AI? And I understand that a lot of it is where in the past, the recommendation, not the recommendation, but the, the advice given by the trucking company had to come from a human being. But now with, there's more application of AI in which the, uh, the software itself can tell the driver what it did right or what it did wrong. Yeah. So there's, uh, I'll give you an example of both uh, an alert and then a positive event. So I, I think the, the term AI um, I, over time has replaced the wording of big data, right? Big data used to be the buzzword and now AI is the buzzword. But there's certain things within AI that are very interesting. One is machine learning, where you teach a machine to do a process. Um, and a lot of the, I call it the legacy crash recorders, did a really good job of saying, when I see an inertial event, you know, like a hard break, I'm going to turn on the camera and I'm going to record, right? So that's a machine learning process that you train a, a machine to do an activity based on like an if-then statement. Where that's evolved and where um, Netrodyne and Driver I start using some of those same components is that we've trained on objects. So we we have an object-based um, learning met, uh, model that, as an example, I've uh, studied and looked at stop signs. And, and as I'm driving down the road and I recognize, is that a stop sign? Is that a stop sign for my vehicle? What action did my vehicle do at that stop sign, right? So um, did I run through the stop sign with a no stop? You know, that that's pretty severe. Did I do a California stop, you know, where I rolled through it? The interesting piece that driver I differentiates a little bit is we actually record the full stop. So the conversation is not only how many times you went through the stop sign, but I can also talk about stop sign compliance, right? So if you and I both had three stop sign alerts and at the end of the day, you know, they had to decide who to talk to. Well, if you went through a thousand intersections, I went through a hundred intersections. All of a sudden your three have a different context than my three. So, uh, you know, that's, that's one application where we look at objects on the road uh, and quickly determine how they uh, impact the driving performance of the driver. A another interesting uh, piece that we've started to pick up, and it's a, it's a feature I call, we've called driver stars. So a driver star is where a vehicle is traveling down the road on the right-hand side of the lane, traveling 55 miles an hour in a 50 miles, 55 mile per hour zone, doing everything that the, the fleet has asked them to do. And now you have a car that comes out and cuts them off and jeopardizes that following distance. 
the action that you want from the driver is to create space. So in, in a lot of cases, we actually track where drivers have an immediate risk around their vehicle and they've self-corrected um, based on their training. And, and we use that as a, I call it a rewarding alert or a rewarding event versus only telling them what they did wrong. So, you know, when you sit down with drivers and they're like, um, what new technology you're rolling out? You know, a lot of the times what I'll start with is I'll show them a driver star and say, if you can define other driver stars, we'll build it because we want to capture these good moments on the road because we, you know, historically we haven't believed you and now we want to believe you. <laughs> Which is good to hear. Well, let's point out, I guess, that uh, all of your programming is done internally, right? You're not buying AI off the shelf from somebody else. Uh, there's a lot of smarty pants here. We have... Uh, operations here in the you know we have a global operations on our team so uh, as a developer uh it's always nice to have an idea i get to go to sleep i wake up and it's done uh you know so we have talented resources that are spread across the globe uh, a lot of i call it data scientists phds that you know, have all the fancy math with the summation signs and it looks like russell crone beautiful mind uh, but uh you know, it's it's a lot of people who are really working hard to uh, make you know make sure that we shine the right light on drivers. Well, Adam, we want to thank you for coming in today on Drilling Deep, not only as a guest but as a sponsor. Uh, we've been talking to Adam Kahn of Netrodyne, the I call, I'm, I'm for just for short term, I'm going to call it a camera company. Okay, it's more than that. <laughs> he is the chief development officer there. Adam, thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. Thumbs up and stay safe, everyone. Okay, you have been watching Drilling Deep. We are part of the Freightcast family of podcasts from Freightways. You can find us on YouTube, on the YouTube, uh, the, the Freightways YouTube channel. There's a specific channel just dedicated to Drilling Deep. You can also find us on all the leading podcast platforms. Thanks, and please join us again. We want to thank our sponsor this month, Netrodyne. Ready to step up your fleet safety? Titan Freight reduced distracted driving by 96% while losing zero drivers after implementing Netrodyne Driver Eye, the leading AI fleet camera system. Go to Netrodyne.com to learn more about how Driver Eye can revolutionize your fleet safety too.